0: Joel Bennett with you until 2 p.m. today. Lots happening. The modeling has been released. If you were listening in, we brought you part of that news conference with Dr. Bonnie Henry and Health Minister Adrian Dix offering some cautious optimism. Don't usually use that phrase, but in this particular scenario, it is what we're talking about. The numbers are appearing to show a bend in the curve, but in saying that the health officer, again, Dr. Bonnie Henry, saying we must continue with the measures in place, the physical distancing of two metres, the shutdown of businesses that make it impossible to do that, and if if we continue to take on those measures, we will likely see continued good news. So that uh, was the main part of the news conference. We'll have much more on that coming up on the program. Uh, One of the findings, too, was that B.C. is more in a scenario such as South Korea as opposed to what we're seeing in Italy, the increased numbers of deaths in the hundreds every day in Italy. That's also offering a little bit of good news. So what lessons can Canada learn from from other countries. Well, Claire Allen, CKNW contributor, spoke with J. Michael Cole, a senior fellow of the McDonald Laurier Institute, about this and what Canada can learn from Taiwan when it comes to dealing with the pandemic. Taiwan and Canada had their first cases of coronavirus at around the same time. But the experiences have been very different. To date, with Canada having more than 4,000 cases of COVID 19 and 39 recorded deaths, Taiwan has had 256 cases of COVID 19 and two deaths. Schools in Taiwan are still open, the economy is still functioning, citizens are living what are largely normal lives. So the question is how did Taiwan succeed where other countries have failed even though it's so close to China and linked by tourism, travel and trade? Well, here is part of that conversation with J. Michael Cole. Again, he is a senior fellow of the McDonnell Laurier Institute talking about what has contributed to Taiwan's success in the battle against this virus.
1: It's a constellation of, of variables. I maintain again that you know Taiwan was among the handful of countries that were severely affected by the SARS outbreak in 2003. They learned a lot of lessons from that particular experience, one of which was a lack of centralized authority to deal with the outbreak back then. So immediately following the SARS outbreak, the Taiwanese government established a command center that can be activated uh, whenever they're facing crises such as uh, as this one. A number of individuals, including Taiwan's current vice president, who were involved in the response in 2003, are currently in positions of authority uh, in Taiwanese government. So again, they bring their experiences to bear on, 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 on their response. Another area that certainly plays in Taiwan's favor, it's, it's an island nation. It's certainly uh, easier to control your borders. Uh, basically, all you have to do is to impose restrictions on on flight arrivals. Uh, then they implemented very quick screening and containment and quarantine. Initially, with flights from Wuhan, then that was extended to other cities in China. And eventually, as the outbreak spread to other parts of the world... Uh, Taiwan also implemented uh, these measures. Another area where Taiwan is quite strong is that they have a government that is very open to using new technology, social media, artificial intelligence and whatnot. And there's a good number of people in government or in NGOs collaborating with Taiwanese government who also very early on were called upon uh, to assist uh, developing platforms and and different ads and, and whatnot to uh, quickly educate the population, tell necessary information to the public, uh, so that everybody, it became a whole of government response, if you will, and the public was quite responsive. So all these factors certainly helped with Taiwan's response.
0: Now, Taiwan's success in the fight against COVID-19 also has a lot to do with how that country uses big data. And as Michael discusses, Taiwan's government has a lot of experience utilizing data to stop the spread of viruses.
1: Taiwan has a minister, Audrey Tang, who is herself a former hacker and became a minister in the current government. So she and others were called upon to uh, basically use big data by consolidating uh, databases from different government agencies, including immigration, national health system, and other agencies to basically very quickly draw a full picture of people's movements, people who had traveled abroad, and if so, where they had gone and when, and to use that the moment they came back to Taiwan to determine who needed to be quarantined, who needed to be, their health needed to be followed by the authorities and and all that. And Taiwan is a really high-tech, modern, developed society, so everybody has one or two or three cell phones, and everybody uses these platforms to obtain information so that made communication between the government and the public very efficient as well and that's that's normal, that's that's part for the course in, in a society like, um, like Taiwan. And what they're doing now as well is that they're using uh, for anyone who comes back from overseas to Taiwan and is imposed a 14-day quarantine, upon landing in Taiwan uh, Taiwanese authorities will gather information about their cell phone and they're now using that as well Uh, to track people's movements, to make sure that people indeed respect quarantine measures. This may come across as drastic, but we are facing a unprecedented situation. And again, the Taiwanese uh, public has shown quite, quite a lot of understanding about these measures taken by the government.
0: Now, the use of data by the Taiwanese government is a technique that would very likely raise some eyebrows here in North America. For Canadians, allowing the government to monitor citizens through the collection of data can seem a bit Orwellian. However, Michael says that for the Taiwanese, it all comes down to a level of trust
1: Taiwan certainly itself dealt with decades of authoritarian rule during the Cold War from the end of World War II until 1987, basically. So you have a whole generation of people that remembers government intrusions, remembers surveillance and, and gathering data and arrests and whatnot against a citizen. The difference now, obviously, is that Taiwan is a vibrant democracy. There are checks and balances on on the government. In this particular instance, my sense is that the Taiwanese public trusts the government with these powers, again, understanding that this is a crisis situation, it's an emergency, uh, and they trust government authorities not to abuse these powers uh, once the emergency has passed.
0: Now, yesterday, the B.C. government announced it was establishing a provincial supply chain. We are already a few weeks into the crisis, though, brought on by the COVID-19 pandemic. Michael also told Claire Taiwan was quick to secure their supply lines before the declaration of the pandemic.
1: So what they did, basically, particularly with facial masks, is government called upon uh, industry leaders and the Ministry of Economic Affairs. And they created in the central city of Taichung a uh, basically a manufacturer that brought together dozens and dozens of, of different companies and they centralized production of masks. So within a matter of weeks, they turned from a country that had insufficient number of facial masks into one that can produce uh, currently 10 million masks every single day. Uh, and by April, will have the ability to produce 15 million masks every single day. Uh, they also, again, using uh, big data and, and uh, information technology, they quickly established a system whereby people could acquire facial masks at local pharmacies and, and stores uh, and to make sure to prevent hoarding and make sure that people were not gathering too many masks either for themselves or to send to China or to sell overseas. So there was, again, that intelligent control of, of supply and, and acquisition.
0: So one final note, what can Canada learn from Taiwan when it comes to dealing with the pandemic?
1: I think if there's areas where other countries could learn from Taiwan, again, users of big data, but not only users of big data itself, but also the ability to to partner that with respect for personal freedoms and, and democratic ideals is an area where I think Taiwan has done quite well. Uh, I mean, China uses big data as well, but as we know, it's an authoritarian regime. It does not have a free press, and it has disappeared and arrested a number of individuals and whistleblowers early on uh, who were trying to alert uh, the Chinese public and the international community. So you have two examples of countries that are quite good with big data, but on one side, a country that abuses those powers, and another, uh, a, country that respects democratic ideals and principles in using those those systems so going back to your earlier question the skepticism among people in the west about allowing the government to uh, have such intrusive powers well if they learn more from how taiwan has been able to sell that to uh, its own citizens uh, and then perhaps convincing people in the west that temporarily they might want to give those powers to their government Uh, I think that would go a long way into helping these countries deal with the uh, situation as well.